Gladys. We are looking at a, uh, a lady called Gladys Aylwood who lived in China many, many years ago, and we're going to tell her story. And last week, uh, when Paul spoke, they had uh, shipwrecks, they had sharks, they had maggots. Uh, this week, we've got feet, food, and mules, okay? Which doesn't sound as exciting as shipwrecks and maggots, but I can promise you, by the time we get to the end of this, you will be inspired by Gladys's story. She lived an amazing, amazing life. And kids, there is a handout which is going out. If there are kids around here who want to uh, look at this, there's like a little word search, and you can listen out as we tell the story in five chapters of Gladys's life. There's a film about her life called The Inn of Sixth Happiness, uh, Sixth Happinesses, and you can uh, get that with uh, Ingrid Bergman. We watched it recently. It's 1952. I think it was made amazing. And also many, many books about her story. So let's uh, tell a little bit about her story, but let's just pray. Pray before we do. Father, we just thank you for the, the heroes of faith. We thank you for those that sacrifice so much for the sake of your name. And we pray this morning that you would inspire us through Gladys' story. Remind us of the things that have happened in the past. Teach us, speak to us through your word and through Gladys' story that echoes through history, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You ready? This is going to blow you away. Okay. Gladys was born in 1902 in London. For as far back as she could remember, she wanted to be a missionary to China. That's just what she had on her heart. And so she enrolled, when she was uh, old enough, she enrolled as a student in the China Inland Mission. But after a few months on the course, they said she wasn't intelligent enough to be a missionary in China, and they threw her off the course. So the only thing she could do was get a job as a, house, uh, as a housekeeper, and so she got this job as a housemaid cleaning for a local family. She realized she wasn't very smart. She was only five feet tall, but she had this determination that God had called her to China and she was going to go one way or another. So what she did was she went to Muller's shipping office, which in those days was the travel agent of the day. And she went there and she asked the travel agent how much to, for a one-way ticket to China. He said, it's 90, he said, where, we said the, the clerk said, where do you want to go in China? She said, anywhere. <laughs> he said, well, a ticket to anywhere in China by boat is 90 pounds. How much do you have? She had three pounds. She put it onto his desk. He said, there is no way you're going to get anywhere in China for three pounds. She said, surely there's a cheaper way to get to China. He said, there is, as long as you don't mind arriving dead. Well, how'd you get there? Dead, she asked him. He said, you can take a train. It goes through Europe, then through Russia, then through Siberia, and ends up in China. It will cost you 47 pounds. But there's a war on at the moment between China and Russia, and the chances are you'll be killed on the way. Then she said, take my three pounds as deposit for my ticket, and I will come back every week until I have paid for my ticket to China. You know, in Matthew 6, 31, Jesus says, don't be anxious about what you'll eat or drink or any of your needs because your heavenly Father knows what you need and he will provide. And Gladys Allward, she proved this principle. God pays for what he orders. In seven months, she had enough money and had paid for her ticket to China and she was ready to leave. Chapter two, the journey to China. She found out the name of a lady called Mrs. Lawson. Now, Mrs. Lawson had retired from being a missionary in China, had come back to England in her 70s, her late 70s, and got totally bored. 
So she decided, I'm not going to live my rest of my days bored in England. I'm going back to China. So in her late 70s, Mrs. Lawson traveled back to China to be a missionary. Gladys heard about her and decided, I'm going to join Mrs. Lawson. She wrote to her and got an invitation. She boarded a train in London on Saturday, the 15th of October, 1930. 21 days later, after nearly freezing to death and being kidnapped in Russia, she arrived in China, but her journey wasn't over. The thing was, Mrs. Lawson had not expected her to make it. And so in the time that Gladys was traveling, Mrs. Lawson had moved. She asked the man who met her, how long will it take me to get to where Mrs. Lawson is now in the Shansai province? He said, another 21 days by train and by bus. My daughter, Kaya, is going to tell a little bit of this story. Why don't we welcome Kaya up? After 21 grueling days, she arrived at the place where Mrs. Lawson was staying. An old lady with white hair answered the door. At last, Mrs. Lawson, said Gladys. I'm Gladys Aylwood. Oh dear, I'm sorry, said the old lady, but I'm not Mrs. Lawson. I'm Mrs. Smith. Mrs. Lawson has moved to Yang Cheng. Oh no, said Gladys. How long does it take to get to the bus to Yang Cheng? Well, the bad news is you can't take the bus, said Mrs. Smith. It's so remote you have to travel by mule train, tr riding on the back of a mule. The next morning, Gladys found out what a mule train was. The muleteer who would take the mule train into the mountains chuckled as he helped Gladys climb into the basket that was perched on the back of one of his eight mules. Gladys's suitcase was slung over another mule. Gladys's entire body shuddered and jerked with every step the mule took. She gripped the low sides of the basket with both hands, attempting to cushion the jolts, but didn't seem to help much. I don't know, as I was reflecting on this, I don't know what stands out to you. Firstly, the perseverance. It took her 42 days to arrive where she was going, and she refused to give up. But I think the other thing, and probably if you ask Gladys, what, what after she'd nearly been killed and kidnapped and frozen to death on the journey, what stood out to her? I wonder if she would say this, that Jesus promised that through everything, he would never leave us or forsake us. And she proved that point. She arrived seven hours on, after riding on the mule chain, she arrived and found Mrs. Lawson in a mountainous town called Yang Cheng. Hardly any other white faces had ever been there before. And this is chapter three, the Inn of Eight Happinesses. In the movie, they changed it for some bizarre reason to the Inn of Six Happinesses, but it was called the Inn of Eight Happinesses. When Gladys went out walking the day after she arrived, she realized the local people were not happy that she was there. They called her a foreign devil. They, th they threw mud, stones, and rot rotten fruit, fruit at her and Mrs. Smith. Uh, Mrs. Lawson. And Mrs. Lawson told Gladys that foreigners were not trusted. Even foreigners from the next town were not trusted. So why would they trust people from another nation? But then one day, Mrs. Lawson had an idea. If they couldn't go to the Chinese people and reach them for the sake of Jesus, they would invite the Chinese people to come to them. They would start an inn for the mule tra train drivers and their mules and they would feed the mule train drivers, they would feed the mules, they would look after them, and they would tell them Bible stories. So the Inn of Eight Happinesses was born. 
they quickly worked to transform this old building that, they, that Mrs. Lawson had bought. And Gladys wondered what she would be responsible as she got this place into shape, what she would do. Mrs. Lawson's Chinese helper, Yang, would cook. He would prepare the meals. Mrs. Lawson would be telling the Bible stories and looking after the finances. That left one other responsibility, the mules. <laughs> Someone had to take care of them. The mules needed to have the mud scraped off their legs and be fed and watered each night. Gladys had a suspicion that she would be that someone. <laughs> and so she did. But she realized that she was willing to do anything for the sake of Christ and to, shared, to share his gospel. The inn was a massive success. The mule train drivers never had it so good. It was their favorite place to stay. Not only was it clean, great food, after dinner, Mrs. Lawson and sometimes Yang, Yang the cook would tell them Bible stories. It wasn't all easy, though. One night, after Gladys had finished cleaning and feeding mules, she stopped to hear Yang tell the Bible story. And then, continued Yang in his most dramatic voice, Jesus opened the door and let all the animals into the ark two by two. After 40 long, long days and 40 long, long nights, the sun began to shine. And Jesus looked out the window. He saw the star of Bethlehem rising in the east. <laughs> Gladys had heard enough. She went in search of Mrs. Lawson. Perhaps I don't understand enough of the Chinese, but I thought I just heard Yang telling a story about Jesus being on Noah's Ark. Mrs. Lawson looked tired. I'm sure you heard it correctly. Last week, Yang told the muleteers all about St. Paul parting the Red Sea. <laughs> the muleteers were begging for Bible stories, and if I'm not there, every minute of every night, Yang can't resist stepping in and telling his own versions of the stories for me. Well, they sorted it out, and Gladys's Chinese skills began to get good enough for her to tell some of the stories. You know, I think one of the things that stood out for me from this is the creativity of this way of reaching people. The gospel began to spread, not through Gladys and Mrs. Lawson, but by the mule drivers. Wherever they traveled throughout the region of China, they just retold and retold the stories, hopefully correctly. <laughs> you know, even when we mess up, I believe each one of us has been given ideas by God to reach others for the sake of Christ. We're not responsible for reaching the world, but the scriptures say, love your neighbor as yourself. I just think, it just made me think as I was listening to this, what creative ideas have you been given to reach your neighbors, to reach those around you? What creative ideas have I been given to reach others for the sake of Christ? Because this God-given idea had a huge success. But sadly, right at the height of their success, Mrs. Lawson fell out of a window and died. She was killed. Chapter 4. After Mrs. Lawson's death, the funding for this project completely dried up. She was the one with the experience. She was the one that the missionary societies believed in, and so they stopped funding Gladys. She had no money. She cried out for help, and the answer came in a really unexpected way. The, the chief man, the chief guy in town was called the Mandarin. He was a harsh ruler, and there were often public executions in the town center. One day, he came to the Innovate Happinesses. Yang the cook was so terrified, he ran and left Gladys alone to face the Mandarin. The Mandarin had a problem, and he ordered Gladys to help him. The Chinese, for years, had believed that small feet were beautiful 
and big feet were ugly. And so for hundreds of years, they had bound up little girls' feet tightly from when they were just born, such that their feet were tiny on the bottom, but became horribly deformed. And it had gone on as a custom for hundreds of years. But the government had ordered feet binding to stop right across China, and they were holding the mandarins responsible for making it happen. Each mandarin was responsible for his region. The mandarin said, this is not men's work, looking at women's feet. I need a woman to do it. But the problem was, he couldn't find a woman who had feet that could walk the distances because when their feet were bound up like this, they just couldn't walk very far. And so he only had one woman to choose from, <laughs> Gladys Elwood. He went to Gladys and he said, you, by order of the Mandarin, are now my royal foot inspector. But actually, she was quite pleased. She said, I will do it as long as wherever I go, I can tell Bible stories and lead people to Christ. He said, I don't care what you do. Christians have, have big feet and they're happy with them. If you turn them into Christians, I'll be happy because then they'll have big feet. He also promised to pay her. So Gladys was paid by the Mandarin to travel around the whole region teaching people about Christ. Luke 16.10 says this, Whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with, with little will be dishonest with much. I just think Gladys had proved that she was faithful. Yeah. Washing the feet of mules for the sake of Christ. Suddenly she was paid by the government to preach the gospel right the way through the region. At first they were reluctant. But soon they adopted the principles that Gladys was, was, was speaking about, particularly as she had armed guards with her <laughs> who were helping her to enforce the order. And so Gladys had nothing to do. But the Mandarin wanted to make sure that uh, the foot binding didn't start again. And so he kept sending her out on these missions around the region to tell people about the foot binding. But they were bi weren't biding their feet, so she had nothing left to do but to tell them stories about Christ. Very soon, every town that she visited had a church in it that had been started. On another occasion, there was a riot in the prison. The Mandarin ordered Gladys to go in and sort it out. When she walked in, she found the scene was absolute carnage. People were hacking at each other. There were bodies everywhere. And Gladys, at five foot, stood there thinking, if I don't get order in a few seconds, I am dead. She shouted as loud as she could, everyone, drop your weapons, get in line now. And remarkably, they did. <laughs> and stood obediently in lines in front of her, weapons, machetes on the floor. She said, why are you rioting? They said, we've got nothing to do, we're bored. We're freezing and hungry. She said, why haven't you got anything to do? I'll give you something to do. Clean this prison up. <laughs> and so they did. And within a few moments, Gladys had order in the prison and then she arranged work for them to do. They were making clothes for themselves and soon enough they were exporting clothes out of the prison to pay for food for themselves. The prison was transformed. Chapter five, adoption and war. There's so, so much we could tell in Gladys' story but let's just tell one final chapter. One day Gladys was walking through the market when someone offered to sell her a child. Gladys was horrified and immediately complained to the Mandarin that children were openly being sold. He said there was nothing he could do because they were traded by gangs of violent criminals. 
Gladys decided that she would buy the child and bought her for nine pennies. She called her nine pence. Soon Gladys bought more children and they lived with her in the inn. Gladys realized that the, the need was enormous. She couldn't adopt every child in China and people actually said, what's the point? You can't help all these children. But what she realized and what she said to them is this, I can love the one in front of me. And so she adopted children and she adopted one at a time until she had nine or so children that were living with her in the inn. But then suddenly, World War II broke out and the Japanese invaded China and reached their area. Now at first, Japanese soldiers weren't too bad to the locals, but sooner they became more, soon they became more and more violent. One time, uh, a group of them attacked some of Gladys' friends and Gladys, being Gladys, ran in front of the soldiers. Stop! You have no right to do this, she shouted. And one of the soldiers rifle-butted her in the head. She recovered, but for years after, for the rest of her life, she had dizzy spells, which she blamed on that rifle butt. One day, the Mandarin called Gladys to his home for a final party. All the officials in the town knew that they were going to soon have to leave because the Japanese were getting more and more violent. After dinner, the Mandarin called for silence. He said he wanted to honor Gladys for the, all that she'd done in, the, in Yangchen, the orphans, the prison, the inn, the transformation that she had made. He said that while at first he thought she was a foreign devil, he realized now that she, he realized now that she had been sent by God, that he wanted to become a Christian, he declared publicly in front of all the other officials. But soon the Japanese became so violent that all of them had to flee. People ran from the towns and Gladys took her children, 94 children, into the mountains to hide. Orphans from other families had joined her and she now had 94 of them. They, they struggled to feed them, but local villages sacrificed sometimes their lives to get food to Gladys and the orphans. But as the war dragged on, she knew she had to get the kids out of there. There was no way they could survive the harsh winters hiding in a cave in the mountains. She heard of a train that could take them to a city that was far away from the fighting. But the train station was miles across a mountainous range that they had to reach. So there was no option but to walk. Gladys and 94 children aged 4 to 16 set out walking across a mountain range. It took them weeks to get there. Finally, they found the train and traveled to safety. The amazing thing was, on a journey of weeks across a mountain range, not one child was lost. Not one child was even ill for the entire journey. But Gladys herself was physically shattered. They said she looked 20 years older than she actually was. She arrived at the orphanage and immediately slipped into a coma. She had fever, typhoid, pneumonia, and dehydration. The doctors said they did not know how she was still alive. She was in hospital for two months, but eventually she recovered and came out, began her work, but the other missionaries in the area said to Gladys, you need to go home. So she returned to England and lived the rest of her life traveling around England, where my mum actually heard her speak uh, about her work in China. She spent the rest of her life recruiting others to go to China to spread the love of Christ in that massive massive nation. That is the story of Gladys Allwood. Quite amazing. And well done, Kaya. <laughs>
Let's take a moment to pray, shall we? It's just great, isn't it, over the summer just to, to focus on these heroes of the faith. Thank you, Father. God's speaking to some of you about loving the, the person in front of you. Speaking to some of you about perseverance in the face of opposition. You know you've been called to do something, but there's difficulty in opposition. Remember that 42-day journey. I remember being told she was too stupid to be a missionary. God's speaking to some of you about his love and creative ideas to reach lost people around you. Father, we just thank you for the life of Gladys. We thank you for her sacrifice. We thank you, God, for her passion for Jesus and for reaching people, for loving the person in front of her. We just recognize, Jesus, that we're not to applaud her but you. That's your spirit in her that did these things. And we just thank you that the same spirit is in us, each one of us, that your spirit is in each one of us. If we were, she were here today, she would be pointing to you, Jesus. She would be saying, I did all these things through Christ who strengthens me. And we just pray, Lord, that each one of us would do that which you've called us to. Why don't we just stand together as we finish? We thank you, God. that it's Christ who strengthens us to do all that you've called us to do, to love the person in front of us.